You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Fritz, Mike, and Tina, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. edition of God Stories Radio. This is session 262. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? Thursday night. We made it. And it's not just any old Thursday night. No. It's a PC Thursday night. It's a PC Thursday night. And it's the pre-birthday for Mr. Mike Jewett. Oh, come on now. (laughs) Mr. Mike Jewett, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Oh, my goodness. Yes, sir. And many more. He is 28. 29. (laughs) Oh, 29. I'm sorry. (laughs) 29 today. Uh I've told told my children so many times I'm 29 that they really actually don't know how old I am. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I'm going to use that and see if it works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got some years uh, to keep going though <clears throat> but you did uh, right thanks for the cake it was awesome you didn't have to do that it was a good cake it was and it was uh highly recommended by the guy at Publix okay <laughs> I said, yeah uh, he's like but this cake but this one <laughs> but this cake <laughs> so we're like okay well I guess we have to get this cake <laughs> <laughs> wow I don't even know what that other cake was, but he uh, said, nah, you don't want that one. You want this one. <laughs> this one, yeah. He must have realized the high stakes. Right. <laughs> he could sense it. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Well, Mikey, we hope that you have a wonderfully blessed birthday and uh, that you enjoy it all year long. Thank you. I, I do have to work tomorrow, but I have today off the day before and I have Saturday off the day after. So... Oh, nice. Okay. I'll be I'll be in the woods hunting on Saturday. Oh, wow. One of your Hunt, favorite things to hunting do. Hunting wabbits. <laughs> very, very quiet. Uh-huh. Mikey's hunting wabbits. Waskily wabbits. Waskily wabbits. <laughs> That's the sound of Pastor Chris DeBone. <laughs> Welcome, He's Pastor in the house. Chris. Pastor FUMC Claremont. Hey, well, thanks for uh, thanks for the invite. It's always an honor and a privilege to sit amongst uh, good friends and family and and uh, have conversations. So, amen to that. And happy birthday or early birthday or whatever yeah, the case may be. Whatever, yeah. Let's not push it. 20, 20, 29 plus, however many. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've uh, rumor has it we have some likes. Yeah, we do. We sure do. 
So we want to say thank you to Brittany Nelson for thank liking you, Brittany. us. Thank you, Brittany. Welcome to the GSR family. And we also want to say thank you to Stefan McNamara. Stefan, welcome Stephon. to GSR family. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so for much. liking us. Yes. Anybody else out there who has not liked the ship on Facebook, please do so. And it's so exciting for us when you do, because we love to give shout outs. Right. And then you become part of the GSR family. Absolutely. And if you aren't already following us on Mixler, please make sure that you do so because we have a lot of people signed in on Mixler right now. And if you follow us, we can see who you are so that we can chat with you and just say, hey, how you doing? You can chat with us and tell us, you know, whatever you want to tell us, whether it's a prayer request or, you know, just comment in general. So uh, we would love for you to follow us so that we know who you are also. Do we have anybody new following us today? On uh, Mixler? On Mixler? Uh-huh. Uh, not that I'm aware of, but I do want to welcome Donnie Seeger and Enola Joe. Yay! <laughs> Joe, Joe. Joe. What's going on? Donnie, Joe, thanks you guys for listening and tuning in. I see a lot of people tuned in. Can you tell who they are? Oh, boy. Uh... I think it's really small, isn't it? He's got his glasses on. I know. That's why I thought I could challenge him with this, but. <laughs> no, we lost the internet. Oh, okay. I think we're back. Okay. Yeah, the internet's been kind of weird today, FYI. In and out, really? It's been yeah. All, it's been all over the community. Spotty today. I know it, right? Well, if you didn't hear that, welcome uh, Nola Joe and Donnie Seeger. Thanks for hanging out with us. Absolutely. Well, if you would like to give your testimony on God Stories Radio, please be sure that you write in to us at GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. Or if you want to get scheduled to actually give your testimony, you can write in to GodStoriesRadio, Tina at gmail.com. So please, you know, whether it's just uh, a God story in your day or if it's your actual testimony, we welcome it all. So please mm -hmm. feel free to reach out to us. Yes, we want your testimony. That's right. Most certainly do. We would love to have you sitting here in the studio. Yeah, like Pastor Chris. Yeah. Sitting here in the studio. What's going on with you, brother? Give it's us a good word. Well, thanks. It's uh, it's Thursday night, and it's like I said, it's an honor to be amongst uh, family and friends to to talk, you know, to to share hope, to share about you know the, our Christian testimony and how God is making a making an impact in and through our lives on a you know moment by moment and day by day type of basis. Mm -hmm. um, I know you know for myself, it's been a season of up and down, um, encouragement and discouragement. It's been a season of refining. I think that's kind of one of the big words that's been on my mind and on my heart is the idea of refinement. Um, that, you know, God takes us, places us in this, um, you know, in essence, just kind of pot of, of uh, you know, to bring us to a boil. And as we boil, <laughs> he refines us like, like a, um, like a, um, 
A gold a ref- bar. Yeah, that, that's what I was looking for was the idea of you, know, you take a, a golden nugget, placing it in the in the pot, you boil it. And as the gold begins to to melt, it, it then gets that sludge up to the top and you scrape mm-hmm. it away. It's it's painful. It's it's difficult. But in the end, you always turn out better than when you went Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Amen. So that's um, that's where I, where I find myself. Um, but that's that's just kind of where I'm at the moment. Um, refinement boil. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Gotta preach. That, I think that would preach. I think there's a few things that, that, um, that, that would help with. I know for many of us in any season, sometimes we ask the question of why, why am I going through what I'm going through? Why am I facing the situations I'm facing? Why am I where I am? And sometimes the, the question is because God has brought us to, a specific moment. He has brought us to the valley. And, mm-hmm. you know, the thing about it is that whenever God brings us to the valley, he sees us through the valley. Um, we did a series recently, uh, Valleys and Victories. And we talked about how sometimes God brings us to a situation in order to refine us, stretch us, make us better. And there's other times we bring ourselves yeah. to the valley through our own uh-huh. disobedience and our own mm. um, waywardness. Amen to that. But no matter what scripture tells us from Genesis to Revelation and everything in between that, that in the midst of any um, circumstance or situation, God walks with us through right. the valley um, into, into victory in Christ. Right. When you're in the valley, you just keep your eyes open because that's where your biggest learning circle comes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, think about it. Like, How much do we learn when we think we know it all? Mm. <laughs> tends to be little. How much do we learn when we tend to think everything is is perfect? Like when we think everything's great, we just kind of like sometimes tune out and turn it off and and coast. But when we are brought to a situation that's outside of our control, outside of our comfort zone, outside of our our um, our own wheelhouse, we have to open our eyes. We have to see. We have to take stock on what's around us and pay attention to everything that's around us mm-hmm. and realize that there's there's situations and circumstances that can teach us and stretch us and help us to get better as God walks with us through it. Uh, you know, I heard Francis Chan once say that he like actually prays for this stuff, that he actually prays to go through the difficulties and the trials. And I'm like, Wow, I am so not there yet. <laughs> now, most, let's be honest. Most people are not Francis Chan. No, um, he is a unique individual. Yes, he is. And um, but but I think there's something to it. I think there's something to asking God to place us in uncomfortable situations, so that we have to realize where our strength comes from. That if we are fully sold out and dependent upon God, he becomes our strength and our source so that when we are placed in situations that are, you know, in fact, beyond us, Mm -hmm. it is God who is then strengthening, strengthening us in the midst of the situation so that he is guiding us, encouraging us, empowering us so that we can move from, from wherever we are to wherever he's leading. Mm -hmm. But it is a difficult thing to to pray those kind of prayers. <laughs> I mean, think about it. How many of us around the table or anybody who's out there listening has ever prayed this prayer? You ready? God, give me patience. Hmm. 
Like I, I know that I've, I've prayed this. I would imagine all of us around the table have prayed it. I would yeah. imagine people who are listening mm-hmm. has prayed, God, give me patience. And what do we do when God places us in a situation where we have to be patient? Yeah, I've learned not to ask that anymore. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I spent probably about a good five to 10 years, like just constantly waiting on people and waiting on situations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> teach me patience. Okay. He'll take you there. Yeah. yeah. Well, he'll teach you. I have the right. same problem with wisdom. You know, I ask the Lord for wisdom and he gives it to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I see into certain situations and I'm, I'm just like, Lord, you, you don't want me to do that. Really? <laughs> But, but it is amazing that God in his providence does provide. He does. Although sometimes not in the way we imagine. It's like, oh, right. God, give me patience for my children. And my children crank up from like six to eight to 10. And I'm like, this is the complete opposite of what I've prayed for. <laughs> and God is like, trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, find your strength in me. Find your encouragement in me. Find your patience in me. So that in these moments, you are not, dependent upon yourself, but you're mm. dependent upon a source that's outside of yourself. And in those moments, I do learn patience, not the way I would have imagined, but then again, I'm not, I'm not God, but God teaches me a great deal of patience when I have to uh, let go and let God. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'm a slow learner. <laughs> <laughs> you're in good, you're in good company. Yeah, really. Because, uh, there are lessons that I feel like I have to learn repeatedly, like over and over and mm-hmm. over and over, over and yeah, over. Yeah, if you again. fail, he'll he'll give you another chance at it again and again. Yeah, I think to the tighter that you hold on to something, the harder it is to sort of surrender over. Because mm-hmm. um, like like for me, it's typically like with my job and stuff. Yeah. So it's like you know I grip on tight. And then it's really hard for me to like let go. It's really funny that you would say that. And uh, Mr. Dennis Huff is is on uh, Mixler right now, wishing you a happy birthday. Aww. Thank you, Dennis. And to listen to PC, you've got a lot of uh, birthday wishes, Joe and uh, and uh, Donnie. A bunch of people wishing you a happy birthday. But what I was going to say was that particular uh, Conquering Business Giants podcast was talking. Uh, about holding things loosely. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, Steve, who's the owner and, and founder of Sunday Cool, was was Dennis's guest for uh-huh. Conquering Business Giants. And it was amazing when he talked about that he actually prayed that, Lord, get rid of anything that's in between you and me. Hmm. And right. he said the Lord took his business. Whoa. Wow. And it wasn't until after that that he realized that now the stuff that he has, he holds loosely. Yeah. It's, it, it is interesting because um, I've used this analogy. You know, like I, I grew up in Boca. I think I shared that on, on one of the other podcasts I was on. You know, just real quick, I grew up in South Florida down in Boca Raton, just a few miles from the beach. And, you know, my friends and I throughout high school and, and you know, the first few years of college, we would go to the beach quite frequently. And as I got into the church and, you know, felt this calling to vocational ministry, um, I, I started looking for different ways that I could... Um, be a better teacher and preacher and and learn how to communicate well. And people always talk about, you know, like look for teaching analogies. And I remember being at the beach one day and I I was playing in the the sand and I I scooped some up. and, And I remember that when I held it loosely, I had a lot of it. But the more 
that I tried to grip it and the tighter that I squeezed, the more of it that slipped outside of my control. Mm. And, and God in that moment really was teaching me that like control is this illusion that the harder you squeeze onto something doesn't necessarily mean the more of it that you have. And you have to realize that when you place those things in God's ultimate control, he releases to us as much of it as we need. But the more that we try to hold on to it, the more like, you know, they, they were alluding to that it can become an idol and it can get in the way mm-hmm. of us and God. And, and the problem I see right now in this generation is that we are taking a lot of good things and we are making them God things. And when we take a good thing and we make it a God thing, the Bible calls that an idol. And in, in Exodus, when God hands the Ten Commandments to Moses, um, and later in the New Testament, Jesus says, I've come to fulfill the law, not to abolish the law. So when, when Moses received the law from God, the first law that, that God gave to Moses was, you will have no God but me as your God. There is no God but Yahweh. And that becomes mm-hmm. evident in the Hebrew Shema, you know, Shema Israel Adonai, Eloheinu Adonai Echad. And I hope I remember that right from my, my like two years in Hebrew, um, that uh, hero Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. There's one God, you will worship him alone. That is um, Deuteronomy six. So the first commandment, no God of God, but the second co- commandment is like it in that you will have no idols. You will not make an image. You will not have a possession, you will not have any or any anything or anyone who takes precedence over God. And the more that we try to hold on to things, the more that we try to grip things, and the more we take good things, we elevate them to the status of God things, the more these idols can get in the way and become problematic to the way that we Little live Little G life. gods. Little G gods. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. how you, you said that a couple of weeks ago in your message, Little G God. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy for things to to slip into that idle spot. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times it happens without even really noticing it. It can. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, let's let's take let's take, for instance, um, I always, you know, I always try to help equate it to the the idea of what is the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Um, you know, that tends to give way to where your mind is. And for so many of us, we roll out of bed and the first thing we do is we check our phone. Yep. You know, and we we spend more time looking at the phone than we do looking at maybe maybe the person who's sitting across the table from us. Mm-hmm. I, I've been yeah. guilty of this, you know, and then maybe we we also take things like the people who are across the table from us and they take more time than the person who resides in heaven above us. And we can take good things. And that's the thing is like, God has given us so many good things. Technology is not inherently evil. You know, relationships with my spouse are not inherently evil. Relationships with my children are not inherently evil. But if I continue to elevate them, that I I worship them in essence over the way that I worship my God, they can become an idol. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even scripture alludes to the fact that it's not money that's the root of all evil, but it's the love of money. It's the placing of it above anything else that you are in a vain pursuit of, of financial gain and of you know um, possessions and, and all of these different collaterals. Any of these things that's placed before God becomes this little G idol. And for us, the difficult thing is, is that how, how do we find balance? How do we find balance? Because like my technology can, at the end of the day, be helpful. My you know, I want to love my wife well. I want to love my kids well. I want to love my friends well. 
Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to do so to the detriment of the way that I love my God. Well, mm-hmm. um, it was, uh, actually it was Andy Minio and one of his songs that, that convicted me. If you don't know for anybody out there listening, Andy Minio is a, is a Christian hip hop artist. And in one of his songs, he says, um, I have a problem. I'll, I'll summarize. I have a problem talking about God. Um, no, wait, how did he, how do you put it? He said, I have a problem that I often talk more about God than I do to God. Mm. And this can become um, problematic for us that sometimes we, we talk about God. We don't talk to God. So we think, oh, I'm talking about God. I've got a good relationship mm-hmm. with God, but yet <laughs> yeah. all these other things are getting in the way first. Um, so I don't, I don't know how we got here, but. Mm. Uh, that's, how, that's how it rolls, brother. It is how it rolls. It is how it rolls. And then you're injecting yourself in your comfort zone <laughs> as you're more comfortable about talking about yeah. God than you are talking to him. Mm-hmm. And so long as when God brings you to that point and he brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. Mm-hmm. So long as you don't let go. It's holding on. It's, it's, it's valuing God, valuing his relationship um, with us, realizing that it's, um, you know, it's that adoptive relationship that God has adopted us in as, as, as his beloved children into his family and that he desires to know us and care for us and love us, you know, unconditionally, you know, full of compassion. And, and you know, as a good and loving and caring father, God knows what's best for us. He knows mm-hmm. that holding on too tightly to things can be problematic and placing things before him can become problematic. Even good things, they can become problematic because our heart's greatest fulfillment and joy and desire is found in Christ alone. And God realizes this. And sometimes he brings us to situations and circumstances down into the valley to break us of our idols and navigate us through so that our dependency is upon him in Christ alone so that we navigate through every valley and find victory in Christ. Well, you want to talk about refinement though, because when he starts breaking you from that idolous situation, you do feel the heat. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's super difficult to go through. Um, mm-hmm. It puts you in a definite position of uncomfortability. He's <laughs> <laughs> the God of uncomfortable. Yes, sir. Yeah. He did say his yoke was easy and unburdened his light, but he never uh-huh. said we'd be comfortable. No. Well, and I think that's one of the problems with the American gospel. This, this is a whole different side note is we have mistakenly traded comfortability for Christianity. Mm -hmm. But like the gospel has always thrived in the midst of persecution. Sure. And you see 2000 years of church history where the church um, began to falter the more comfortable it became. But the more that it faced persecution, the more that it thrived because the message is a powerful message. And I think about Matt Chandler, who said one of the worst things in, in, in Christianity right now, again, just kind of summarizes, is, is the suburban idea of Christianity that like, why do I need a savior to save me from my sins when I can, in essence, pull myself up by my bootstraps and save myself? And if we can accomplish this on our own, we think mm-hmm. in our mind, we don't need a savior. But the reality is we do need a savior because we cannot do this on our own. But the more affluent we become, the more... Uh, comfortable we become, the bigger the problem becomes for us where we trade Christianity for comfortability. Mm. 
And it is a serious problem that's taking place in the church. And and I guess the question would be, and I'll propose this to you, is like, what do you see as being a practical way that we could break the comfort factor in order that we can be more dependent upon on, on be more dependent upon God? Do you think that that starts with the modern day salvation message in general? Well, yes, in part. Because the salvation message at its heart is not an individualistic message. Mm. You know, the scriptures teach that Jesus died for the church, right? That he dies um, for his bride, for the body. Um, yes, we are included in that, but it's not It's not just about me. It's really about we. And understanding that, you know, it's it's more than just praying a prayer and like, and, and I'm sure like, you know, Tina and, and Fritz, I know you, you guys were there this past weekend at service and, and you probably heard me as I, as I allude to that gospel message, I, I typically use the words similar to some of the guys that I listen to and, and read, you know, it's not a magical prayer. Hmm. It's not like by just magically praying these words, all of a sudden the heavens will part. Like, no, it's not in the words. It's in the, it's, it's in, in the, the heart. Yeah, it's in the attitude and the disposition mm-hmm. of my heart being surrendered to God. Because mm-hmm. like how many of us have paid lip service to it, but have never actually moved Christ from an mm-hmm. intellectual head knowledge to a heartfelt relational, um, you know, environment with, with our God. We, we think about it and we know it up in our head, but like, you know, the greatest journey they say that a Christian, excuse me, will ever take is moving Christ from their head to their heart. Well, you know, and I read that in Hebrews too, that, you know, that's the type of worship God really desires is that worship of the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I think about that now when I'm trying to express worship to the Lord, you know, I think about how do I, how do I worship in the spirit with him, Mm -hmm. you know, to be more pleasing and just, you know, just to to make it what it should be. Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times it's like, we can, we've got a half a dozen things going on in our head or we're, you know, thinking about Mm -hmm. lunch or whatever (laughs) it is. Right. When, when we're in church or thinking about a million different other things. And I think focus is so important. You know, just having time where you're purely just focused on the Lord. And I think like, for me, speaking personally, a lot of that comes very quietly mm-hmm. and not necessarily viewed by other people around me because mm-hmm. um, there, there are moments I have with the Lord sort of like in my head, you yeah. know, there, there are conversations that go on that nobody would know is happening because this is how I communicate with mm-hmm. the Lord, you know? And I'm sure it's like that for a lot of people too. And yeah. um, it, it's not it's not about the outward appearance of it. It's really about the spirit and that worship of of being sincere and being true and just wanting to to praise him in the way that he wants to be praised, to worship him in the way that he wants to be worshipped. Yeah. So that it's meaningful, you know, it's not empty. Worship in spirit and truth. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, I think what Jesus says, he says, you know, there's that moment you need to like 
go into the house, go into the inner room, lock yourself away, get down on your knees and pray to your God who is, um, you know, in secret, this idea of kind of being, you know, invisible and, and, and in the heavenly realm, you know, go and pray to your God in secret and your God who sees you in secret will, will speak into the desires of your heart. Because there is that, exactly as you're saying, Tina, that element that sometimes we need to, you know, we need to worship in spirit and truth. And, you know, scripture says that like, you know, when we don't have the words, God even interprets our groans and that God hears us and he interprets us. Um, and I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. So let me, let me hit rewind a little bit and backtrack. Um, one of the, one of the things um that I said is that, you know, it, you know, Christianity is, is not an individualistic religion. While I have, yes, a salvation experience, and I know um, that I have the assurance of salvation that I've been marked by the Holy Spirit, um, while that does happen on a personal, individualistic, um, you know, level, the reality is, is like, I think of some of the, the great theologians, you know, guys like Luther and, and Calvin and Wesley and, you know, even more modern, like um, C.S. Lewis, like these are all individuals who will tell you that Christianity cannot operate in isolation. Mm -hmm. So while you do have a, a personal experience, your personal experience is also um, something that happens in community and is mm -hmm. lived out in community mm -hmm. and is shaped by community because, you know, we were not meant to go alone, nor is the church meant to go at it alone. Like it, it needs one another mm -hmm. to, to do this and, and, you know, bringing, bringing part of our, our conversation back full circle is like, how do we combat you know, how do we walk through refinement? How do we um, combat little G idols? How do we set our hearts and our minds on, on the, on the good savior? Well, we do so through the context of community with other people who walk alongside us and love us and point us to God and hold us accountable and, and, and walk down into the valley with us and God and, and walk with us out of, out of the valley into victory that, that in the midst of this all, it's, it's not just individual. That's part of the problem is me, 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 me. Well, it, it's me and it's we. And mm -hmm. um, Dennis had a great comment and I think it, I should read it. And he says, uh, the root of comfort stems from leaning on our own understanding, which is outside how God intends us to live our life. Mm -hmm. I think there's a scripture that says, lean not on, on your, your own, own understanding. understanding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Dennis, I think you got a great point that, you know, when, when we're most comfortable is when we rely on our, our own power. And we lean on our own understanding and we go mm -hmm. back to our own, you know, factors of comfortable and, and familiarity and, and all of those things that sometimes can be um, a little problematic for us <laughs> in the long run. So. Well. You know, there was something that you said too, that had really touched me. I just trying to go back and, and remember the words. I feel like my brain doesn't hold together as well as it used to. <laughs> Thoughts just sort of fly away. If That's my not. excuse, babe. You can't take it. <laughs> but no, I'm just, I really, I really love the idea of just trying to be sincere with our worship mm. and with our, you know, our 
conversations with God, being honest and sincere, because it's not like he doesn't know the truth. Mm-hmm. He knows the truth. So there's really no point in putting on any kind of facade, you know, <laughs> you are what you are. He knows what you are. Yeah. There's no need to hide, you know, and he created all this. <laughs> Right here. <laughs> All of it. All that. All Everything. And a bag of chips. And a bag of them chips. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I've got a, um, you know, I, I loved, I, Dennis, love you, man. Um, I've, I've got, you know, two guys in my life. I've got Dennis and, and another gentleman who will periodically check in on me and they, whether or not they know it, they coach me well. And over the last several months throughout this pandemic, they've been um, positive spiritual influences in my ears who have been helping to shape me um, and, and help me to grow. Um, one of the coaches that I, that I have, one of these guys said to me recently, he said, you know, when you begin to think about all of these different things we're talking about, when you begin to think that you know it all and you, you like, he's like, try saying some of the things that you believe to yourself in a mirror. He's like, you can't lie to yourself in a mirror. You can't be like, oh, I've got this looking at yourself. You're going to be like. <laughs> With a straight oh, face too. Oh, huh? Crap. I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, and because the reality is, is like as much as we try to lie to ourselves, like God knows our heart. God knows our intentions. Mm, he does. And when we really look at ourselves square in the face and try to tell this to ourselves, we're not as convincing as we think we no. are. <laughs> and like when we hold the mirror up to ourselves, we realize like. You know, we can't lie to ourselves. And, and that goes back to part of that whole refinement issue that like, you know, when we, re- when we let go and we release it, we, we throw it into the pot, you know, God refines so many of these things because his goal is to help us to get better, right? We, we in the church, we call this, um, you know, this process um, sanctification. And the idea is that God in his divine grace, you know, I'll let my Wesleyanism come out for just a moment, that, that, that even at the beginning of the world, after sin entered the world, God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he places within us this idea of his divine grace, his preventing grace, or as we Wesleyans call his prevenient grace. And it's the grace that draws us back to God. We can mm, resist it. That. We can fight against it. We can you know, act out and everything, but God is drawing us back to him. There is nothing within me that draws me to God except God himself. Mm-hmm. And God gives me the grace to be drawn back to God, but it's not until I interact with the salvation message and I hear about Jesus that I accept Jesus and in the blink of an eye, I am justified. I find justification from the sins that I have committed, am committing, and one day will commit. So I, I move from this preventing grace to this uh, justifying grace. And as God has justified me through Christ, because my hope is in Christ, I have not saved myself, but Jesus has saved me. Mm. And I interact with that by accepting that Hebrews 10, nine, that, that all who uh, confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their hearts that God has raised them from the dead will find salvation because later on in, in Hebrews 10, it says that all who call upon the name of the Lord will find salvation. 
So I, I go from this just or this prevenient grace, preventing grace to this justifying grace. And I'm saved in this moment. But at that moment, what happens is I start um, the process of sanctification that I die to self. I die to sin. I give them over to God and God begins to refine me and make me more and more into the image and likeness of God. And it's a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. It's not something that happens overnight. No. If I was a jerk yesterday, I don't stop being a jerk today just because I confess <laughs> just, Jesus. Just I just a become little a little bit, bit less. Right. right. Just a little bit. Just a little bit less today uh -huh. than I was yesterday until I am glorified in grace in the moment that I stand face to face with my Savior. And here's the problem that the outside world has with the church. You ready? They look at somebody who's in the process of being sanctified and they go, why haven't you arrived yet? Well, that's mm. all of us. Right. And it's this 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 outside looking in hypocritical. Mm -hmm. Oh, you are an imperfect Christian. All Christians are imperfect Christians. Mm -hmm. If you represent them, I want nothing to do with them. Realizing that like one of the truths of the Christian <laughs> of the Christian um the faith is uh we're all hypocrites mm -hmm. because we are hypocritical people who are in process of getting better. Mm -hmm. We have not fully arrived. And the more that we love Jesus, the more that we go through refinement, the more that we surround ourselves with community, the more that we sit under good godly teaching, the more that we realize it's not about us actually doing more, but being more, mm. being more in relationship yep. with wow. Jesus, that God just captures our hearts and has his will and his way with our life. You know, it's funny because people who look into the church, right, from the outside, they think that we're supposed to look a specific way, but we're just as messed up, <laughs> you know, well, if not more in some cases. Yeah, we're working out that salvation, you know. And that's where some, like you say, some a lot of the people are out there, then uh, they don't want no part of it because I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the reality is, is like a Christian is, as I imagine it, just somebody who recognizes I've fallen short of the glory of God mm -hmm. and I need someone who is bigger and outside of myself to save me from myself because if left to my own devices, I'm going to hurt myself. Mm -hmm. So like salvation is recognizing like I can't save myself. I can't, you know, earn God's favor. I can't do any of these things to right the wrongs and, and you know, bridge the gap. But Jesus does it for me. Mm. And because Jesus does it for me, if my hope is in him, it's not my hope in him and my good works and my good acts. It's my hope in him because of his accomplished work on the cross, he finished it all. He said, it is finished. Mm. And it was, and it mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. So when our hope is in him, he gives us the grace we need. He refines us. He makes us more and more into his image and likeness. And for anybody who's out there struggling, going, I have sinned too much. No, you haven't. Mm -hmm. I have gone too far. No, you haven't. You have not gone farther than the grace of God. Nope. Mm -hmm. you won't. We never will. And we never will. But that's why Paul is in the Bible too, because he was, as he says, the worst of the worst. And, well, yeah. and it gives me hope. Absolutely. And should give yeah. everybody else. And I, I love the other line too, is, you know, who would love him more? Who would love Jesus more? Somebody who sinned a little or somebody who sinned a lot mm -hmm. and who's saved by him. You know, the, the, the one who has sinned a lot has a lot to be grateful Absolutely. for. And I feel like they tend to show it more. 
But Paul was a bad dude, man. He slaughtered Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he held the coats. <laughs> uh, that, he was a bad dude. He, he was. He looked on approvingly. Yes. Yeah. He when gave, he gave Stone the, Stephen. What was it? Uh, was it Gladiator where he puts the thumb up? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. like that was Paul. Yeah. Like yeah. that was Paul. Mm-hmm. And, but the reality is, is that like, you know, for anybody out there who thinks that, that God can't love you because of something you did or said, like you need to get that thought out of your head. Absolutely. With God, pride. Amen yeah, to that. God can forgive you. The harder part is for us to forgive ourselves. Ooh, mm-hmm. Preach it, Chris. Um, and that, and that, you know, honest to God comes with time and God's grace. Now, just, you know, on a whole different subject, just because God has forgiven us doesn't give us the the, the freedom or the license to go out and to continue to be a, you know. Right. A you don't continue in idiot. sin. Right. right. Yeah. But you recognize, okay, my, my, my past has been redeemed. My present is being redeemed. I, I might have to own up to some of the wrongs that I have done, but you know we're, we're not out sinning God, nor do we have license to continue sinning no. so that our grace may abound. As Paul says, I'm going to go <laughs> sin more, so yeah. more great. Like that, that's not, that's not the case. Like that this is not, it's not the point. Yeah. No, but it's, it's to recognize because the reality is, is that when Christ captures our hearts, he begins to erase our past. Not that it is forgotten, but that is no longer defining and he begins to define a new future. He Mm -hmm. redeems it, you Mm -hmm. know, and he uses things to redeem it too. Like, you know, I've watched things happen in my own life and in the life of others. And, you know, one area where I may have sinned when I was younger and then, you know, you fast forward to like 40 years later or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, 30 years later and it's a different person now because this person is in Christ. They think differently. They act differently. The uh, advocation that's coming out of the mouth is different as well, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, and it's not about being hypocritical because you had done whatever X, Y, Z in the past. It's just about you have found truth and now you want to proclaim truth. Yeah. And, you know, so I know that looks hypocritical from the outside because somebody who's looking in on my life who says, well, you did this and this and this Mm -hmm. when you were, you know, 30 years ago. And now you're saying this and this and this and this. And well, yes, that's because I have gone through that refining process that God has put me through Mm -hmm. to show me what was wrong with the way that I thought why it's not correct. And now I've tried to preach the truth so others don't fall into the same trap, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, it's a, it's an interesting journey. Um, and I think the older that I get, the more I enjoy kind of reflecting back like that and seeing sort of like where you were, where you've come from mm-hmm. and sort of that journey traveled. Um, and I know that a lot of people feel that way too, as they get older, that there's a lot of reflection that happens. Um, and it's nice to be able to share it with those who are willing to listen, Amen. <laughs> but they're yeah. few and far between. <laughs> don't, don't they say that hindsight is 2020? Mm-hmm. Always. I mean, I look back on, I look back on my past and, you know, I mean, I mean, I remember the first time Fritz told me about God Stories Radio sharing the Christian testimony. 
And, you know, that's the reality is like, that is, that is our past. Our testimony is the story of the person of who we were before we met Jesus mm-hmm. and how Jesus has stepped in and has begun a great work of transforming our lives more and more into the image and likeness, the Imago Dei of, of God so that we look less like us and more like him. Right. You know, so that we're viewed through that lens. But like, yeah, you know, I think of my own Christian testimony. I remember, you know, as a as a middle schooler, like I, I thought it was entertaining to curse like a sailor. <laughs> like every other word was a profanity. And I remember when Christ captured my heart, I no longer had the desire to speak like that. Now, listen, I am I am just shy of 40. I have, I've been in vocational ministry for about half my life, right? I would be lying if I told you that I never cursed today. Like, like, I mean, there's still <laughs> moments where mm-hmm. we're, we're uh, because I'm still a work in progress. I'm situational right. awareness. You mean you're human, Chris? I'm human. Oh and my goodness. Of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right. But like, here's the thing too. Like I look at it and I go, okay, I am a different person. I don't speak like that. You know, I've, I've whacked my, like I, I bumped my shin the other day and it was like son of a beast thing. Right. And it, uh, sometimes these things happen. You couldn't be that person that you were before now. No, There's I couldn't. no way you There's could. There's no way. Yeah. Because the more, the more and more and more in love with Jesus, I fall, the less of the person I used to be, do I want to currently be. Oh, amen. Mm-hmm. That's like, what I'm talking about. I want to be, I want to be a better person because I, I worship an amazing savior. Mm. And it, it, because I worship an amazing savior, it defines so much of my life. It, it defines my character. It defines my relationships. It defines, you know, every aspect of my life. And, and I would hope that it would be mirrored to other people that they would look and go, um, you know, Chris is a, you know, I'm doing air quotes, but like great person. And it's not because Chris is a great person, but because Chris worships a great savior. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, you know, that would be the hope for so many of us is that as we mm-hmm. allow God to refine our lives. Well, we talked a little bit about that last week yes. about witnessing and how your actions, you know, are probably one of the greatest witnesses that mm-hmm. you'll have. So I feel like that falls right in line with that, that you have this desire to do better and more because you know you're a witness for christ yeah as we all are we're all ambassadors for christ Mm -hmm. so we have to try to do our best to put our best foot forward it's funny that uh pastor chris used the cursing as as an analogy because donnie had just said just before that that uh, he said preach the truth he said he listened to a recording of himself a year ago and he couldn't believe that he cursed that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Donnie, you know, you're not the same person that you were. Oh no. You're already being transformed, you know? And, and the thing is the transformation doesn't stop. No. You know, it's going to be goodness. your journey for the rest of your life until you go home in perfection mm-hmm. to be with, with the Lord. So, you know, we're, Amen. we're all on that journey, but we're at different points in our journey. Yes. So God may be working, let's say, I'm not saying you have this issue, but he may be working on profanity with you, but he may be working on 
drinking with somebody else or smoking with somebody else or drugs or what have you, you know, or, you know, people who are abusive. It's like he picks different things to work on people at a time. He doesn't try to clean you all up immediately. No. It's a process because he knows we couldn't handle it Absolutely. if we no. had to do everything all at one well, time. Well, not all of us are willing to give him everything in the beginning no. either. That's true. That's true too. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time Mike and I sat down, we had the, with the same exact conversation with yep. father. You can have this. You can have this. I, I got this. Yep. And then you can have this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we'll co-manage this. How about that? <laughs> and then you can have this. Uh-huh. And I had the exact same conversation Absolutely. as you did. And he will... Tight. He will squeeze until he gets it all. You know, Tina, one of the things you just said made me think of, um, you know, it's the difference. The way God cleans us up is the difference between taking a shower um, at home and taking a shower with a fire hose. <laughs> like, you know, you you are able to manage one and you can't manage the other. And, and you know, when we try to, when we try to tackle everything at once, you know, like with the fire hose to just blow it all away. It doesn't always work so well because we can't handle it, but God works on us a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, you Look know, how it, long it took us to get to be that bad. That it, Listen, that's <laughs> like, it, I didn't become, I didn't become like this overnight. I, I, you know, I always joke that like, um, my, my wife was a baker, like, um, and a phenomenal cook. I always joke, like I didn't get to be this size begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. And, but think about it, like not many of us became the individuals we became begrudgingly. You know, sometimes we 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 compromised, sometimes we made decisions, sometimes we did things that led us down, led us down a path to where we find ourselves today. But no matter where we find ourselves today, there's still hope. There's still grace. There's still forgiveness. There's Ooh, still amen. reconciliation. And through the midst of uh, through the midst of it all, when we trust in Christ and we give our our our, our all, he becomes our all sufficient, all in all. And he refines us. He refines us. He 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 puts us in the pot. He boils us, and he does raise the temperature. And mm-hmm. he he draws attention by placing heat upon us, and he scrapes away the things we no longer need. And it's painful, and it hurts, but we always come out better on the other side. Mm-hmm. Sure do. Wow. So, Woo. yeah, I'll, I'll I'll leave you with. I know we're winding down. I'll leave you with one one last thought about refinement. I, I love art. I, um, I, I think I've shared this, but I love art. Uh, I'm a big Renaissance, um, you know, fan. I love, you know, Leonardo and, and Michelangelo. And I believe it was Michelangelo who sculpted the David. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's this famous story about how he sculpts the David where he gets this giant slab of Marvel, marble, not Marvel. <laughs> he wasn't making a movie. <laughs> Marble. And he would sit and he would stare at it for the entire day. And he would look at it and over and over and over and over for days and weeks and months on end. And I might be off in the amount of time, but he he would stare at this piece of marble until one day, I can't remember if it was the Pope or a Cardinal or, or somebody who commissioned this had asked him, what the heck are you doing? And he said, behind the marble the David already exists. It's my job to chisel it away. And when he when he recognized the man behind it, he began to place the chisel to it. 
And behind you and I is the person that God desires for us to be. Mm -hmm. And he is refining us by chiseling away a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a piece here, a piece there. And he's boiling this and he's refining that until eventually we get to this moment that God has brought us from where we were to where we are and where he desires for us to be looking and acting and sounding more and more like the person that that exemplifies what it means to know and love Jesus. So you are a masterpiece in progress. Mm -hmm. Amen. (laughs) Hey, a lot of people make fun of Bob Ross, but I'll tell you, that guy was almost Jesus-like because it was never a bad mistake. There's always a perfect little mistake. He would always take a mistake and make it something beautiful. Oh, I'll just make that a, a bird or a palm tree or whatever he did. Yeah. But it was never a bad mistake. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. Everything was a masterpiece to him. Mm-hmm. Happy wow. little trees. Happy know. little trees. Happy yeah. little trees. <laughs> I don't know why that came to me. I'm a, <laughs> not even an art dude, but. You, well, you've been spending time with Mac, but Mac loves Barb Ross. I, I, you, you have to. Yeah. My favorite illustration is just God as a painter and how he uses a palette full of colors to paint mm. us, you know, because. We're all original works of art. Mm -hmm. None of us are the same. Amen. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. I think that says that somewhere in the Bible. It Mm -hmm. does. Might, Might be one of Paul's epistles. Just guessing. But I love that idea that you are God's craftsmanship, God's workmanship you I are get a hair up on my arms piece when you start of art <laughs> talking like that piece of art that god just so values you are not trash you are treasure Woo. and that's why the world works so hard to convince you otherwise oh amen to that because that's the devil in this world trying to mm. negate what god has done amen to that amen wow what a show well, thanks for uh, letting me come. PC, and thanks for coming by, man. Guys. Yeah, thank you. It's You're always, always so willing to come. It's and it's awesome. And tonight was no exception. <laughs> no exception. Yeah, unbelievable. I'm gonna I'm you. gonna listen back and uh, probably several times. And and I just want to thank everybody on Mixer that's been hanging out with us, and uh, we really appreciate it. Listen, if you've got a testimony and God has been pricking your heart to tell it, drop us a line. God Stories Radio Tina at gmail.com if you want to be a guest like uh, Pastor Chris is in the studio. If you just want to drop us a line or write your testimony, Radio at gmail.com. And uh, give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. We appreciate that. And uh, we're a free resource. So make sure you share us. We're on every listening platform known to man, it seems like right now. <laughs> no excuses, people. And, uh, you know, 262 episodes just blows me away. 109 countries. And it's nothing that we did. You know, I I tried to quit. I tried to quit. Mike tried to quit. We just didn't quit on the same week. Thank goodness. (laughs) Thank goodness. Well, listen, God is, God is actively at work in what you guys are doing. So it's an honor to be with you. Amen. And for everybody who's out there listening, thanks for taking part um, with this amazing family. Um, I know, I know they value you. And just as much as I value them. Amen. Thanks, Chris. About wraps it up for session 262. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless.